0: On yeah, a trip. Let's go on a trip. Yeah, baby. It's not too bad. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: let's go. I'm Angela Katurns. I'm Ian Rogerson.
0: And welcome to Suddenly Senior. This is a podcast series for those of us who've reached a certain age in life.
1: That's right. You can join if you're not our age, but it'll be a lot more fun if you are.
0: <laughs> so strap yourselves in. Check your blood pressure. Light your spliff. Pour yourself
1: a small bevvy, and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Our next guest really needs no introduction, but I am going to give him an introduction either way. Mark Trevorrow is probably one of the best known entertainers in Australia, probably as his alter ego, Bob Down. And Mark has been working and entertaining audiences right across the world. And now, luckily, we have him, he's
2: ours. (laughs) Welcome aboard. Oh, hello, kids. How are you, my fellow seniors? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Good>.
0: <laughs> so how does it feel it wasn't uh, i tell you well. what it's
2: oh thanks Danny, and i've got my it's time t-shirt on can you believe that i had to buy it from a supplier in the united states now doesn't that really say where australia's at quite wow. frankly yeah
1: let's hope it is let's hope it is time
2: oh, whatever that totally. may mean and i tell you what you know you are senior when you get your seniors opal card do you use it i've, I've got, got my, mine i've got my no. oh Babe, one dollar twenty-two to the Costa Centrale. Eh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a bargain! What else do you like about being a senior, Mark? What else do you like about
2: it? Not giving a shit, I think, is the is the main one. Which yeah, about anything or anyone, it's fantastic, isn't it? You realise how much of your youth you waste on um, seeking people's approval.
0: Yes, that's
1: very
2: true. It's funny, isn't it?
1: They're only the things you learn with experience, Mark. That's uh, right. I, I, and and you can't really, as much as I've tried to explain it to my kids, they look at me with blank faces going, what the hell are you talking about?
2: Well, the thing is, the difference is they don't know what it's like to be old, but we know what it's like to be young. You see, we've got me that too. perspective that, that you would never expect a young person to have because they can't. They can't have it. And I wouldn't go back to being young, especially now. I, I, I suppose every generation says, Look, when, when we were young, it was a magical, fabulous time. But I think really for people that are in our 60s and, and 70s, it really was a fabulous time to be young, wasn't it? The 60s and 70s.
0: Absolutely right. And so let me. you look marvellously well. Uh, let me ask you this. Who, who or what do you see when you look in the mirror?
2: How do, what do I see when I look in the mirror? I, do, I see me. I see the older me. And I look at, and I just think, "Wow, hasn't hasn't that gone quickly?" Is what I think when I look. Is
0: that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's astounding how 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 quickly the years have flown by.
0: And this is a question that we ask all all, all our guests. Do you do you ever feel invisible? Are there occasions on which you feel invisible?
2: Yes, when I'm at a gay nightclub or bar. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: what and all the young boys are ignoring you.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah, you know it's time you know it's time uh, to to not to go to a bar or a nightclub anymore when people are pushing you out of the way. <gasps> I mean very gently, they just do that little touch. you know that little touch on the shoulder as if to say excuse me, I don't want you in my field of vision. would you please step to the side? It's quite a gentle touch, isn't it? but definite, the intention is definitely there. So um, that's the only time I ever feel invisible. Sometimes a little bit invisible when I'm at Mardi Gras if I'm not dressed in costume. <laughs> that's a weird one, uh, because I'm so rarely at Mardi Gras not dressed, you know, in, in costume. But but I, I have yes, you do notice that when you're walking down the street, no one's looking at you because the grey hair is the um, is the sort of the signifier in their peripheral vision, not to bother checking you out. But I quite like it because it allows me to look at them. It allows me to, I've always been a great people watcher and one thing about getting well known because of television or performing or whatever is that that that, um, privilege is taken away from you. So I actually enjoy the fact that I can stare at everybody on the street and no one stares back. So that's one, invisibility is actually quite handy if you're a people-watcher.
0: Okay, okay.
2: I always thought that was your
1: power with, with Bob Down too because you used to, you had the persona, the Bob Down persona, the teeth, the hair, fabulous, the outfit, but I always imagined you when you got away from that were able to just carry on without a
2: problem. You'd be astounded how many people still recognize me out of costume and out, when I don't have the wig or the costume or the makeup on. And in fact, I got recognized at the airport the other day and I had a mask on, for heaven's sake. Oh, you
0: <laughs> and so, how does, you, how does you make Bob Down cope with aging? Are, oh. the, are the TV gigs still rolling in for him?
2: Oh, yeah, no, no, no. He, he's just in complete denial, of course. He's 39, officially 39. He's applying the um, you know the, the Russian propaganda tool to to questions around his age. Now he it's weird you know when I first started doing Bob Gina Riley said this to me because Gina and I created Coralie for her years before I even created Bob, and um and there we look at photos and footage of ourselves when we're in our twenties being Bob and Coralie, and we just find it absolutely absurd. And Gina says, "Look at us, we look so strange because." Bob and Bob Down and Coralie Hollow were old showbiz clacks, but that we were playing when we were in our twenties. <laughs> Oddly enough, the older I get, the more sort of um, correct the whole thing is. Really, you're more in character. Yeah, yeah. It's what a, I mean. What a, an astoundingly fortuitous <laughs> thing to have created. A character that I could grow into as I got older. It's usually exactly. the other way around.
0: Exactly. I wanted to ask you. You're such. You are such a raconteur, and I wonder how your memory's holding up. How do you remember all your anecdotes? I tell
2: you how. I tell you what really helps is getting back on stage doing solo shows. I, I find um, you know because there was a, quite a few months there during the pandemic where I wasn't performing much at all, and I really did notice that I was finding it hard to remember people's names. Uh, the titles of things, the names of songs, who sang that, or, you know, you know, and then as soon as I've started getting, I'm on the road touring my show, and as soon as you get back on stage doing uh, a, a one-man, you know, full-length solo comedy show with very dense lyrics in a whole lot of crazy medleys that I've created, uh, it feeds back beautifully into day-to-day life. So I, I think as long as I keep doing my solo shows, I'll always be okay. Mm. Oh, fantastic. I noticed in one of
1: your shows I was watching a little bit yesterday and you were introducing the band by their first names. <laughs> and, and I picked up on that and I just thought, I bet he doesn't really know what the last names and the be, reason. But good memory.
2: <laughs> well, that is a very, you're very perceptive. That's very perspicacious of you because, uh, yes, that's true. For years, I used to sort of get do that Barry Humphreys thing of getting a whole lot of people's names in the audience and, and going back and remembering their names as a, as a name check. That's an old Barry Humphreys trick that he always used to do. And I'm sure he actually used to do it as a, a de memoir, you know. But then in recent months, because I've, everywhere I go with this show that I have a live band, there's a different band everywhere I go. You see, so so in Sydney there's a, a whole set of musicians. In Brisbane there it was in Darwin it was a different bunch of guys. In Adelaide it's in Melbourne and they're all different bands from place to place. And I suddenly realised I am never going to remember the surnames. And so, I, but but I certainly can easily remember the names, you know, just from band check and, and rehearsal. And so, yes, that's what I've started to do. So, thanks a lot for giving away that trade season. Sorry. Thanks so much. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. I do remember my music director's surname. So, you know, give me a break.
0: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And so, let me ask you this, uh, Mark. Do you um, enjoy being an uh, an older man? Are there things that you miss about your youth? Yeah.
2: No, I don't miss anything about my youth. I think being young is highly overrated. I don't miss the angst and the fear and the worrying about the future because (laughs) the future's here, isn't it? I don't miss anything about being young. And the thing is, what's odd for me too is I I was always the great archivist of any uh, project or activity that I was involved in. I have been obsessively collecting every photograph, every handbill, every flyer, every poster, every news article, every magazine article, every television appearance, every radio appearance. I've got it all. And one thing that I've really loved about the last few years is going back and looking at all that stuff and sharing all that stuff on um, social media. I think social media has become something that's so lovely for people of our generation because we're reconnecting with friends and, and uh, colleagues that we haven't talked to or had contact with for 20, 30, 40 years and being able to, to share that archive. So, so looking back on, on my young days of the Globos, particularly looking back on the Globos because recently we lost Wendy. It was so yeah. sad. Wendy part my partner in the Globos, she passed in January. And it's and it's been so special to get together with all of the old Globo's people that were connected with the Globo's gang, right back to the beginnings in Melbourne. And, and so there is a real pleasure looking back at our at our youthful work and our and the images and the video and the and the archive. But there's no sense of wanting to go back. There is absolutely no sense of, of wanting to go back. And I wonder how, in in real honesty, I wonder how many people actually would go back if they could i'd probably go back for an evening uh, where we do the globo <laughs> show a night yeah i think that i think a Globo. well I'd, I'd go back and do a globo's show at kinsella's at the night that we got taken to dinner <laughs> by george harrison <laughs>
0: nice. i'd go back
2: to that i ah. was
0: just gonna say kinsella's yeah brilliant yeah
2: you've got to tell us then what was that night like it was an incredible night what happened was it was 1982 late 82 or early yeah i think it was late 82 and Ben Gannon, the late, wonderful Ben Gannon, oh, who yeah. produced The Boy From Oz mm. uh, and, and, and various films and things. And Ben was trying to get a movie up with the Globos. And so he brought George Harrison to see us at Kinsella's in case George Harrison wanted to invest in, in a Globos film because at that point George Harrison had become a very successful producer of films because he stepped in at the last minute and saved Life of Brian, as we know. Mm. What was the British movie about the pig? There was a movie about a pig. Oh, what was it called? Oh, not Babe. It was the one babe. with Jim Broadbent. Anyway, he'd had, he'd had a couple of very successful films as a producer, a, a financier and a producer. And so uh, Ben bought him to see us and then he took us. He didn't put money into the film, but he did take us to dinner at Kinsella's in the Jushi in the oh. restaurant. And Wendy always laughed about, because I sat next to George and Wendy always laughed for years afterwards, saying that I had a, lo- a beatific sort of expression <laughs> on my face for the entire dinner. Um, and, he, and the thing about George was, I look back, here was this veteran, you know, pop, this legendary Beatle, who then had a legendary solo career and was now a very successful film producer and film financier. And, and I look back, and I worked out how old, He was 39. He was 39 years old when he took us to... He wasn't even old. Isn't that amazing? But he had such a fabulous, uh, dry and naughty sense of humour. He was taking the mickey out of the Maharishi. He was taking the mickey (laughs) out of the Beatles. He was taking the mickey out of himself. And he was cruising all the pretty girls in the Globos. And he said (laughs) to Kim Trengove as they were walking down the stairs after the dinner, he said, hey, imagine... Imagine uh, the headlines if we get together," he said to Kim. He said, "Imagine the headline: Beetle runs off with global." <laughs> uh, he I was, bet he's used that before. He was gorgeous. He oh, was just—he well, I think he's always been my favourite beetle, but that, but he certainly was from that moment on, and that was a real pinch yourself. Yeah, that was a that was incredible. So I don't—I I look back with huge pleasure and. I've had such a fortunate, you know, I've had such a fortunate life in terms of, you know, wanting to become a performer as a party thing. You know, the first time we did the Globos, it was such a show that we dragged all of our friends into, frocked them up and lip synced a bunch of old records at a party at our flat in South Yarra. And then, you know, within 18 months or two years, we had a record deal. We had a hit record and we were the stars at uh, the late night stars at Kinsella's doing the Mike Walsh show and hosting Countdown. So it was magical but i wouldn't go back i really wouldn't go back i don't need to go back i've got the videos i've got the videos
0: <laughs> <laughs> mark uh, you mentioned something earlier about um you don't miss the fear of being young what do you mean by that what 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 did you find fearful as a young man
2: well don't I think what we all for, what we all conveniently sort of forget is yes, there's a huge amount of anxiety in the world today, particularly around climate change, and this is why I would just never be young now. I'd hate to be young now. But what we sort of forget is the is the dread and the angst of uh, the threat that we all grew up with as small children of nuclear annihilation. We don't. Everybody sort of. It's so hilariously ironic that there are just as many nuclear weapons all ready to take off i've just been reading about the, you know the fact that that the us are, are going to work hard to get hypersonic you know missiles after china tested one that went around the world three times before it, it hit its target it's like The Thunderbirds, or something—it's like science fiction. It's been one minute to midnight on the Doomsday Clock for you know since 1974, but apparently we don't worry about it. But young people probably don't realise how much dread and angst we all grew up with with the with the threat of nuclear annihilation because of the Cold War between the USSR and and the USA. Then, when I was young, um, I was 23 years old. I can remember. Opening the Herald at home in Sydney. This is while the globe we were doing the Globos. I remember seeing a couple of paragraphs in the Herald about some some strange new gay cancer that was only affecting gay men in New York oh and San God. Francisco yeah. and Los Angeles. And I can remember reading that those two paragraphs, and it was like a depth charge going off in my psyche, and, and knowing that this was just about the worst thing. What went off in my head was what well, what ended up, you know, happening. And yeah. so yeah. spent most of it, you know, spent my entire 20s with the cloud of HIV hanging over me and all of my friends and losing, you know, so many of my mm. friends. At the time uh, before it was a fully treatable chronic condition, which it was once they had the combination therapies from 1994 and 95. But, I mean, that was, uh, you know, by then I was um, in my mid-30s. So I spent my yeah. entire 20s with that cloud over us, having, having survived our, our childhood, all worrying about nuclear war so, and pollution. Remember, that's what we called um, environmental degradation pollution, you know, the warnings that were all in place with, um, you know, Silent Spring, at, at all of the books and all of the, the warnings were there from the early 60s about what we were doing to the environment. And you definitely picked all that up as a child. Children are great litmus paper, aren't they? Children absorb the yeah. um, fear and and, uh, and the underlying sort of, you know, tension about any situation. There was a lot of angst. And, and when you look at what happened with um, rock and roll music, Becoming such a part of the protest thing, you know, from the mid late sixties all the way through to punk and, and new wave, and then and then the sort of the obliteration of, of uh, you know the obliteration style of night clubbing that hits in the mid eighties with the you know with ecstasy and, and and sort of the party you know drug party culture you really sort of see that that was a direct uh, manifestation of of what was going on and how much angst and fear there was for for people of our generation growing up.
0: Yeah. What about the future, Mark? Are you excited about the future? Is is there anything you fear about, you know, getting really old?
2: Yeah, no. No, I don't. One thing about being where I am in my life at the moment is I, I sort of just take it, you know, one day, one week, one month at a time. I, I like to have as a working artist, you want to know what's coming up in the next three to six to nine months to a year, so that you know right. that the, your income stream is going to be continuous. That's really what I'm I really what I focus on, as well as, you know, looking after um, mini schnauzers who are you know, well, a, a puppy, which is quite <laughs> quite the job. That takes I'm so that takes up a lot of energy. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought up
1: the dogs because uh, I should say talking out of school a little bit, um, you were very worried about, you've got a sick puppy at the moment, Uh, but, but, that's your family that's you know, that's you, right. you've got that's right and and you you have to keep operating that family one way or another. Yeah. We've talked about you know people being on their own but also there's various microcosms of of a family and how you get it together.
2: Are you getting better at it? Oh yeah and, and with a huge help from my husband who Steph who is the Schnauzer whisperer. So, we've got two schnauzers. We've got a two year old who's a little angel who's now just um, obsessed with his new baby sister who arrived a couple of weeks ago. She's 12 weeks old. So, there's two mini schnauzers in the house. We're having a lot of challenge with her house training. We're not sure exactly what's going on there. But, um, and, and you see, I never had, I never even, until I got together with my hub, Steph. Um, which is nearly ten years ago, and he he was he had shared custody of two schnauzers with his ex, and so they used to come and stay with us for a, a week or he, you know, a week or two here and there. Mm. I have never even walked a dog until I was fifty-seven years really? old. I have never even held wow. a dog's leash in my hand. I grew up with cats. I was a cat person, uh, and <laughs> guinea pigs and budgies and um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and silkworms. Yeah, silkworms. Uh, oh, my God. I had never, I didn't speak dog. And so what was fabulous about getting together with Steph was and having partial custody of, of those two schnauzers with his ex, um, who are still all very, you know, great friends, I, I, I learnt to speak dog very late in life. And I and I really regret not doing it sooner because um, mm. they're really something. They're so different mm. to every other yeah. domestic pet. They're... they're um. Yeah. Deep, You know, deeply connected to you. They
0: are. Um, let me ask you a little bit about, um, do you see yourself ending up in a nursing home, Mark?
2: Oh, uh, no, we always fantasise how we'd love to, we always fantasise, me and, and a number of different friends in my age group, all fantasise about how we'd love to buy just a motel somewhere in a nice place and turn mm-hmm. that into into seniors' accommodation. So right You know what I mean. So, so you know, people with mobility live on the ground floor. People who can still do the stairs live on the first floor. You turn the. And you've the got a combination for
0: your nurse and your yeah. driver, and your dealer.
2: Exactly, you use the, and the office. <laughs> the office is where the you know the the twenty four seven nurse that um, Albo's promised us is going. To, that's where the nurse will be located. Uh, it, I think that would be a lot of fun. So no, I I, I don't. Um, I, yeah, no, I don't. Um, I don't really, can't really, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's denial, but I can't really see myself in, in that kind of setting, in the setting that my yeah. parents ended up in, for example. But maybe that's just pure and utter denial.
1: Well, there's such a horror show in many different ways. What a play. Yeah, exactly. A couple of final questions. One of them, I've got one of them here. Uh, best thing you've learned about ageing?
2: Not to worry about it, to, to not obsess over it, and um, to keep busy, to keep active. Uh, we live in the flat that we live in in Darlinghurst is a third is on the third floor, and there's um, another set, three sets of stairs to our beautiful roof garden. And I just fly up and down those stairs with you know with schnauzers dragging me along, and um, and also living in the inner city means that I walk everywhere. Living in Darlinghurst means that I just walk mm-hmm. everywhere. I've never learnt to drive. So I'm a huge walker. Uh, so that, so, yeah, that's that's a and you know, listen, d- just do a one man song and dance and comedy show, where you're on stage <laughs> for eighty minutes, thr- hurling yourself around like some demented rag doll. Uh, that'll keep you young. I can tell you right now. <laughs> Uh, look, uh, it, it's it's been so much fun, Mark. And
1: uh, I, I, honestly, I, I think we should try and get you back on again. I, I, I'll find an excuse. Oh, I think you
2: should. Let's face it, us three we've been we've been running into each other in in radio studios for years, the last you know what forty decades. years.
0: That's 40 right, forty
2: years. Magical.
0: Do you like talking about this topic? Yeah, I do. It's not often spoken of, is it?
2: Mm. Yeah, no. I, I think it's um, it's a real pleasure to 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 think about it and talk about it because, you know, you, one I, I've always, I can always remember people that are in there. Uh, I always remember, you know, interviews with people that are in there, you know, in, at a great age, you know, people in their eighties and nineties and people that have turned a hundred. And I, one quote that I can always remember is uh, 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 like that keeps coming back is they, all, they can all say, I can't believe that I'm that, uh, I don't feel that age. I, I don't feel that age. I feel like the same person I felt like when I was in my 20s, and that's totally how I feel. Yeah. That's so great. I think that's true for everybody, absolutely. Mind you, I can't wait. I want to fast-forward the next 15, 20 years so that I can get on a bus and just announce to everybody, nobody in particular, and just get on a bus and say, I'm 84. (laughs) I want to be able to do that. You've got to say it loudly, you know. I'm 86. And you for the, wait for the round of
0: applause.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: well, look, let's give you a round yeah. of applause. Thank you, darling. <laughs> what a
2: pleasure. So oh, lovely to you. talk, guys.
0: Lovely to talk to you. See you,
2: honey. Yeah, see you later. Bye. Bye. Please
0: like and also subscribe. Thank you for listening. I'm Angela Coturns. I'm Ian Rogerson. Leave a comment, as long as it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, That's right. fuck off. <laughs> yes. See you next time, Ed. Bye. And I want wine with my meds. <laughs>